We go over some comments from Mitch Kupchak about Montrez Harrell and the acquisition just last week, plus some of the young players that could have been dealt in a potential deal. And then we'll preview the game tonight against Minnesota. All today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Make sure you check us out anywhere you get your podcast. All the platforms. We're on YouTube as well. We've got the subscribers climbing up right now, which is great. So go check us out on YouTube. I think we're at about 1,070, something like that, which means we are well past the 1,000 mark, which means we are due for a face painting. And I think that's going to be taking place this week, Doug, if it's up to you, the producer of the show. Uh, yes, it is up to me. And I say we <laughs> will do the okay. face paint. We will live up to these obligations that we have set out for ourselves. Uh, We've that- turned over a new leaf, this mm-hmm. generation, this reiteration wow. kind of like we're starting to follow through on stuff that we never did before. We're growing, Doug. It's called being professional. Well, we're growing, but also we're on camera. And when you're on camera, yeah. that you know, you, that you when you show your face, you have a little bit more responsibility to live up so to the things uh, that you say you're going to do. So we will be fa- painting our faces. I have bought the teal face paint. Have you bought your purple face paint? Now, nah, can you send me that link? I will get you that Amazon link. <laughs> Don't um, have it. I will. I will get it to you today. Luckily, two day shipping. We'll get it here in time for our face painting, which will happen. I'm ready to announce on Hive Live on Friday with David Walker. Okay. Well, now we have a couple of questions. Is David getting any face paint? And if so, what color is he going to wear? Is he just going to laugh at us? Do we just have yeah, somebody? No, David, yeah, okay. David will play the role of the person laughing at our foolishness right. because mm-hmm. we did not rope him into this bet. Now, now I plan to rope him into future bets and, and different things, but right now it would be unfair to make him uh, paint his face. I did get asked over the weekend what the next thing we're going to do is and at what mark. So whether it be 1500, whether it be 2000 and what that thing would be, because we've worn the B suit, we've painted our face. People are wanting to know what the next way is that we're going to. Well, I would actually throw that question back out to the YouTube commenters right now. Comment on this video. I'm going to set the mark at 2000. Okay. So I don't want to do 1500. That doesn't seem like a very, that doesn't seem like a number to celebrate, but 2000 would be a big number to celebrate. We'll party like it's 1999 when we get to 2000, but you tell us what you want to do. We'll, we'll select it. I mean, because I know these YouTube, because some of them don't, don't like us for our opinion. So they might be like, drive your car off sure. a cliff or something. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I will select it, but you can definitely nominate some things that uh, we can do to celebrate. Sure. 2000. You, you, you can nominate some real self-harm. We might not choose it, but and you can get, certainly nominate. Yeah, don't, well, don't actually don't do, don't nominate that. Be nice in the comments, but here's what I'll say. choose it. <laughs> Uh, get creative. I want to see some creativity in the comments right now. What do you want us to do uh, on camera for 2,000 subscribers? All right. Well, we've got the game tonight against Minnesota. That big dub hat is getting real dusty over there on the basketball goal behind Doug. It needs to Uh, move. It needs to breathe. It needs to be worn. I 
I don't even know if you'd bring that out against Minnesota tonight. We can talk about that later on, though. We have some sound to get to. We collected it from Mitch Kupchak just last week after he spoke to media. Had a lot to get to over the weekend and recap that yesterday. Also, thanks to Katie Heindel for joining us as well. Let's get to some of that Mitch sound here. And let's start with one of the comments that he had on the young players and how much interest that he received based off of other teams. I thought it was an interesting comment here. Mitch Kupchak is talking about some of the younger players on the roster and how other teams came calling for. Him. Well, one of the things about the, the trade deadline, uh, you know, you do get a feel for how the players on your team are valued because everybody calls and says, you know, who do you like on my team? Who do you like on your team? And that's how conversations start. All of our young players, there was a lot of interest. There was, you know, really eye-popping to me, some of the interest in some of our players, you know, and some of them because they're young, some of them because they've been productive, you know, some of them because maybe they don't get paid a lot, right? So, you know, there's a lot of factors. I'd like to believe it's because they're all promising, you know, young players. And our older players, you know, of course, there's interest. It's a little bit different, you know, when um, you're looking at big pieces, but there was a lot of interest you know, in our young players, you know, as far as how much interest in PJ, you know, I would not share that. All right. So that was a question directly at the fir- at the beginning of all of that aimed at PJ Washington, the Spurs trade, right. That was reported for Jakob Pertl. Uh, You laughed at Mitch Kupchak explaining the starting <laughs> process of all of this. Why did you laugh at Mitch for trying to explain to us how it all worked out? <laughs> I just, I love, I love how Mitch sometimes explains things that are pretty obvious. One person starts talking, then the other person starts talking, and that's how a conversation begins. Like, yes, Mitch, we're, mm-hmm. we're pretty aware of how human communication works. He's thorough. He does explain <laughs> to us how it, in fact, works out. Okay, Mitch, I do, have a, pro- I do be- have a problem with the sound. I do have a problem with the sound. Oh, okay. Interesting. I have a problem. You know, what, you know who this sounds like. It doesn't sound like Mitch Kupchak. I don't so, know who it sounds like. It sounds like another general manager we're very familiar with on this show that after trade deadlines and after drafts used to talk all about how much interest there were and there were these deals and there were those deals. And you know who I'm talking about? The one, the only, Daniel Ainge. Yeah, I mean, it's a little angy. It's a little angy to me. Here's the difference with Mitch Kupchak and Ainge. Ainge wanted you to have those reports on how much he could do. (laughs) Mitch is just saying, I'm not going to share what, in fact, he did deny the PJ Washington stuff. Don't you put that on Mitch. Uh, I I didn't say he, he's, I sounded exactly like Daniel Ainge. I said that he had a little little Ainge. Ainge. He was a little Angey. He was a little Angey. Um, Yeah. So he, he did a, was a question right directly aimed towards pj washington and then he said a good grasp of this roster is how much interest there is from other teams now if we just want to break down that answer like i do believe it more so now than ever right because there was a time where mitch was so much so on hold on for dear life to the talent we currently have on the roster and now you can explore those a little more and you have a spurs offer it was never real Uh, It was never, it should have never been considered by Charlotte. And so it never gets enough traction besides the one report that we got from Michael Scotto. But at least you do have players or teams gauging interest saying like, you know what, maybe, maybe we could go after a PJ. What do you think here? What do you think about Jayla McDaniels? Mitch also said that contract, you know, payroll friendly to the other teams. And so that's why they might be inquiring about some of those guys. So it makes a lot of sense. 
and you have to be, I mean, it's, it's a nice setup. It's nice that you have some young players that other teams want because it does open up some potential doors down the line. Even if you did not make a trade in season, it'll open up doors this off season, as well as, you know, years to come. So we don't know how much of this is smoke and how much of it is fire, but if it's even a little bit of fire, then it stands in stark contrast to years past when the Hornets just simply did. We, you know, people, fans were begging for the Hornets to make trades at the trade deadline, and we would get on these microphones and say, "We understand you. We we understand that the desire to make trades. The problem is the Hornets do not have the players." Uh, that are desirable, that people want to trade for, or exactly. or the players that they are willing uh, to actually trade. And I think the Hornets are in a very different situation. And in fact, I would say that uh, in this next offseason, I think there's almost a mandate to trade. There is a mandate to shake up this roster. This roster, as it's currently constructed, is not good enough uh, to, to make the playoffs. It has some severe defic- uh, deficiencies on the defensive end of the floor. And I think they, I mean, I think they have to explore any and all options except for LaMelo Ball to make that happen. Yeah, and I I don't know if I'd put a mandate, but it's certainly something you have I will to put explore a because I you you will. It's a duck date. I, it's a okay, okay. I'm a putting it date. down. No more. I don't want to hear any more Ainge like stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I trust wanna, me. We could have made a, a deal. Date. We could have we could have traded PJ Washington for three first round picks, but yeah. I decided we love PJ so right. much. No Godfather. I don't want to hear anything about any Godfather offers that the Hornets almost made. I want to I want to hear about trades that the Hornets made, not that the Hornets almost made. Well, I will say, like one, he does say, you know, he doesn't want to get into anything PJ like, but you know, obviously, you know, we're clowning the trade I always talk about that was reported a long time ago that Mitch discussed and tried to dispel. Remember when Shams put out the Marcus all trade, we were all on Marcus all watch. Like oh, it's going to happen. Malik Monk is the point in which okay, are they going to get rid of one of the more talented at the time, younger players, or are they going to hold on to them to see how it works out? What's it going to be? And then Marcus all <laughs> traded to the Toronto Raptors. Mitch Kupchak comes out. I was like, look, I'm not sure how close we were ever on a deal anyway. Like he actually is the kind of opposite of age where he's like, eh, it's never going to happen. Like, don't get me started. Don't, don't mention Malik. Don't get me started on Malik Monk. Just don't. Um, with, Why would you even say that? Wait, Why would you even bring that name up? Wait, just what happened? I was talking about the trade that took place. Well, he's just playing, he's play, look, I'm happy for him. He's playing really well in Los Angeles, but I got all these people in my menchies and talking to me in, in, in the real world as well and asking me like, Oh yeah, Malik Monk playing well in LA. What happened in Charlotte? You know, you guys, you guys really bonked it there. And I'm like, no, they didn't bonk <laughs> it. They didn't bonk it. Malik wasn't playing at this level with Charlotte. And he was never I'm, going to play at this level. I'm, he needed. Get, I don't want to get in this argument. No, this scenery. is you. Well, you mentioned the name. That's the problem. But, you mentioned no, the name. I brought it up in I a different context. I only brought it up in the context that Mitch Kupchak tried to dispel any trades, and he was. In it. I did not want to talk about what could or could not have yeah, happened. Well, that's the whole problem. That's what I'm saying. There's a whole problem with the Hornets organization right now. We're talking about what could be. I want to talk about mm-hmm. what is. You okay. know, well, I, I'm, t- I'm tired of I'm tired of valiant effort season. I'm tired of second half comebacks. You. I'm tired of trades that could have been. I want to talk about what is. I want to start getting wins. I want to put the big dub hat on. Enough. All right, that's fine. I, I want to see you put the big dub hat on, Doug. I want that for you. In fact, I make it a Doug date for the Hornets to win tonight <laughs> against Minnesota, and we'll get to that in the third segment. Second one, though, I do want to discuss more about Mitch Kupchak and his comments, even bringing in Amon Trez Harrell. That's the present. That's right now. That's what's happened, and that's what we can talk about. Football might be over for the season, but basketball, it's full steam for both pro and college 
hoops from the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball, by the way. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline where the game starts. Let's talk more Mitch Kupchak coming up next. Lockdown Hornets podcast. You are listening to the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Main character for American Psycho was Patrick Bateman, which really confused me. I always thought that Jason Bateman was Patrick Bateman and that Patrick Bateman was Jason Bateman. (laughs) It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Thank you for making Locked On Hornets your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. So we went through one Mitch Kupchak comment about the young players that were inquired about from other franchises. Well, the Hornets got Montrez Harrell. When he was asked what Harrell brings to this team, here's how the Charlotte Hornets GM answered. Well, I think it's obvious, you know, if you watch them play, uh, he plays with a great deal of energy and passion. Um, you know, that, that goes obvious, a long Doug. way obvious. Uh, on the court, you know, in the locker room. You know, we do have a bunch of young players, uh, a couple of older players, but he, he does play with a great deal of energy and passion. Uh, so that's going to be, you know, something very welcome to this group. Um, one of the elite finishers you know, in the NBA, you know, very good um, rebounder, in particular, very good offensive rebounder. Um, so, you know, th- those are, you know, things that, you know, we felt, you know, we needed. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Um, Mitch Kupchak, yeah, he, w- he would talk about the elite finishing, the offensive rebounding, and would leave out any praise about defense or height at the center spot. He did say that he was small and did talk about when asked about position flexibility, where he would go. He'd say probably more so five question better serve for James Borrego, probably more so five. Right, we saw, we saw them four. go, we right. saw them go super big against Memphis. And I, and I think they might go try to go a little bigger against uh, Minnesota tonight as well. So we we saw, we, we saw that sort of double center lineup at, at points. Yeah, so so Montrez has some flexibility. You'd probably want him to play more five, just like Mitch Kupchak kind of you know, hypothesized at the beginning of this before we saw him play a game. Um, anything you notice there and what's played out in the first two games that we've seen? I think elite finishing would be one of those things we've seen play out. Yeah, well, I think the first thing is it, it is nice to, uh, to have the general manager understand exactly what the player is and not try to hype them up and, and try to – you know, to say that that this is going to change their defense fundamentally in any way, and and just try to sell that they they weren't trying to sell Montrez as anything except what we all obviously knew uh, what he could bring, and the elite finishing thing. I mean, I think it's something you kind of take for granted, but when yeah. you've been watching this team all season long, miss layup after layup, miss opportunity after opportunity, some of them easy, some of them a little more difficult at the rim. And then you see this guy come in and hit these just crazy <laughs> shots. I mean, really, Miles, I would say Miles Bridges absolutely is like the yeah. only player that's been able to do anything close to that this season. And you need multiple guys who can do that. And so it's it's nice to see them have that multiple uh, player who can who can finish at the rim. 
No, and I think Kelly, too, I, I haven't checked yeah. the at the basket numbers last handful of games for him. But even with his shot being so cold, he's a good finisher at the rim and has finished with his athleticism. Miles is the same pace as yeah. what he was last year, at least his last time I checked. But that's kind of it. You know, yeah. LaMelo still needs to continue to improve in that area. And we've talked about that. Well, and, but so, well, and, and part of the part of the reason he pulls up for his floater a lot, I think, is yeah, is an understanding that he's. You know, he's a little more deadly there than going all the way and taking contact. Well, that that's the thing. <clears throat> like when we talked about PJ Washington and how improved he would be, I looked at this stat, and that's something I asked him at Hornets Media Day. Was there anything that you could put your finger on as to why some of these shots weren't going in when you were scoring in the paint? Was there positioning? Did you think that there are ways that you could l- use your body better for leverage, and whatever? And he he's said, like, and he said, and he said, uh, sometimes you put the ball on the basket and it hits the rim. And then Mm -hmm. it bounces off the rim without going in the basket. Yeah, that's what happened. He gave me a Torian Prince answer, just like he did at Baylor that time. Like it was, it was like, I don't know. They just aren't really going in. And you know, it hasn't really come. (laughs) No, he did. He did. He's Captain Obvious. Well, no, no, this is PJ. I didn't ask Mitch about this. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Then then my, my joke wasn't as funny. I thought you were asking Mitch Kupchak this. Yeah. The, the impression wasn't on point. The content. Well, it was, if you were talking to Mitch, I think that's a dead on impression. No, that's perfect. You sound just like him. I thought you were Mitch for a second. We had a new co-host, but when I asked PJ about that, he said, I don't know. They just weren't going in. Bottom line is that PJ plays a lot of five and he's not hitting at the rim all that well. That's kind of happened the last two seasons. He hasn't taken a dramatic step like I hoped he would. And that's where Trez can come in and really help. You know, as we talk about cup check, dude is hilarious in two press conferences. We actually hear like some of the lockdown Lakers guys talk about it. I- I've seen them make some comments <laughs> with Mitch, uh, like the way he talks. It's oh, he's going to take his breaks. He's a solo radio host. He's taking great. his pauses I love to it. sell his point. I do too. Like, that's the thing. And I do think one thing I've really respected about Mitch Kupchak, he's pretty damn honest. Yeah. Uh, you know, James Borrego is going to give us coach speak constantly, right? Borrego, he's going to ke- keep everything. Although, although I think this season you've seen the, the seams start to come undone a little bit. And that's always There's some you examples. Know, it's easy yeah. to do coach speak uh, when the expectations aren't very high. Or when the team's playing well. Super easy to do coach speak. But when you take loss after tough loss after tough loss and the expectations are a little higher, I've started to see a few cracks in the James Borrego coach speak armor. I wouldn't say he's not Steve Clifford speaking to the media. You know, Clifford. No, was no, Cliff awesome. was, yeah, Cliff was honest. Uh, and, but Borrego's not bad. I just don't think he's great. You know, like he's, he's, probably anywhere from that average to good when when giving you some substance but a lot of you know they played with good spirit we're gonna play with the four pillars yeah. he's gonna have that yeah anyway. Brigo's not dishonest he's right, just no. not he's just hiding everything my point being with cup check he's always been pretty upfront and realistic and I think that's refreshing you know GMs will kind of hide behind this well you never know or whatever but Kupchak has always been really honest about what this team needs. Remember, you would joke about it. Like, it's like, well, we need a lot more talent. Like, it's almost disparaging. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the soundbite that we had in the first goal. It's, like, it's we clear this team together. doesn't have a lot of talent. And 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 here, Ouch. There, there was one comment that wasn't talked about a lot in the Hornets universe or Hornets Twitter. And it was at the, we can go back to the very beginning of the season where the team put a playoff mandate on the year. Doug date wasn't coined yet, so they didn't use it, <laughs> but they put on a playoff mandate for uh-huh. this year. 
And then when Mitch Kupchak was talking about that in the most recent media availability, he said, we were probably a little ahead of ourselves. You know, we probably, that probably was misguided. He didn't use the word misguided, but he said to not verbatim. Yeah. Like we were probably a little ahead of ourselves. It's still possible, but we still need to improve as much as we can. And he's talked about being grounded, not falling for the mirage. That is the four seed in the East last year. You know, what kind of, team can this be if you have to deal with injuries which every team deals with injuries and so and the hornets, I, are, certainly, the hornets are certainly dealing with them right now yeah i've always respected that about mitch kupchak like i like him as a guy I, and i like what he's done as a basketball evaluator to be honest he's done a pretty good job in the draft there he hasn't addressed the center position yet i i don't think it is we're close to okay now there's no excuse like I've, those are some of the issues I've had. I mean, I've my had patience, some issues, but my patience is almost at empty. I'll just, yeah, tell you're you at that. like a 10. I you're at least nine and a half. I'm right. probably at like a seven and a half, eight. Like I'm with you, but you're leading the charge. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and the only reason I excused this trade deadline move that didn't really address the issue is that they, they do have these mounting injuries that I think have prevented them uh, from, you know, really being one move away. You know, mm-hmm. I, I felt with Gordon Hayward's injury, it looks like that's going to be extended. You know, with Cody and Jalen being out. Yeah. Like, this is a team that, that didn't just need a center at this point. They needed multiple things. So, I, I you know, but that, that's what I'm saying. The, the, this next uh, period of offseason where they can make some moves, it's, to me, it's do or die. No, I, I hear you. No, this off. Well, and that's that's the waiting point, right? If if your argument was you did not need to make a move in season, your argument was that they could do it in the off season. Yeah, and it's still not that far away. And, I, you know? and look, I still think they need to make the play in game. I think if you don't, oh, if you don't oh, make the play in yeah. game, then this season, then we need to start reevaluating things. Not only players outside of Lamelo Ball, I'm t- I'm talking reevaluating every player outside of Lamelo Ball and the coach. Yeah, no, I mean, you have to make the play-in tournament. Like, the the goal now is, one, to climb as high in the tournament as you can and, you know, you got to get out get of this spiral. Spot. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. There's a lot of losses right now. The one win against Detroit where you smoked them. Other than that, you've taken a lot of L's. Hopefully that's not the case on the road against Minnesota tonight. We'll get to that in just a moment, not before I talk about Built Bar, because you know it's that time of the year where a lot of people have given up on the New Year's resolutions. I know that I've gotten a little shaky with mine, especially when it comes to being fit, but what makes it easy is Built Bar, because you're basically eating candy bars that are low in calories, they're low in sugar, but they're high in protein and they're high in fiber. If you're hungry, just eat a Built Bar and it'll tide you over before your next meal. It's fantastic stuff. They've got great Great flavors. Not only are they all covered in 100% chocolate, but they've got the good staples and the good limited time flavors. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond if you like it a little spicy, white chocolate cookies and cream. Excellent stuff from Built Bar. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Minnesota game tonight. We're talking about that next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. Have you ever had that one little bug that's just like, it's not completely out, but it's like kind of dangling in there. And then you try to sniff it back up to go away for good, but it just, it'll, it'll keep popping back. That's what I'm going through right now. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. 
Walker, I just, the, Walker, I just showed my, uh, we just played the bump where I talked about my Eldon Campbell beanie baby that I received at the final regular season home game of the first iteration of the Charlotte Hornets. Mm-hmm. I showed my baby the Eldon Campbell beanie baby. And? and? The, uh, the baby was even kind of like, what the hell is this? <laughs> like it did, it did, I've put other stuffed animals in front of the baby and the baby has responded positively. I mm-hmm. wouldn't say the baby responded negatively, but I would say the baby responded as like, what? Eldon Campbell, really? The the perfect reaction to an Eldon Campbell beanie baby. I think so. If she, I think if she rated her top 30 Hornets of all time, she would have had a reaction to what is basically like the 17th, 18th, 19th best mm-hmm. Charlotte Hornet ever, you know? So yeah, her first all- word was Mashburn. It's excellent. And as you can see the Jersey in the background, <laughs> it's, it's a Mashburn household over there with the Bransons and it is uh passed on to a different generation. Let's talk about another comment from Mitch Kupchak and then transition into Minnesota because he gave us a little bit of an injury update and a look ahead with Jalen McDaniels, with Cody Martin and with Gordon Hayward in that press availability just last week. He said, it does look like we're going to be without Cody Martin and Jalen McDaniels for a little longer. We didn't expect both of these guys to be out as long as they have been, but here we are again with the latest report saying that they are going to miss this game against Minnesota. McDaniels out with a ankle sprain. Martin is out with a left angle slash Achilles soreness. So a couple of different things going on with Cody Martin. And then uh, Gordon Hayward is out with his left ankle problem as well. Mitch Kupchak did say that He expects Gordon Hayward to be out longer than both Jalen McDaniels and Cody Martin. We did get another uh, designation for Gordon again, saying he's still out indefinitely. He has not shaken that tag, which could mean anything, but it usually tends to mean bad unless a player is suspended, a really good one in college basketball, and then it means one game. But everything else in the NBA indefinitely means bad. Man, and this is the problem with trying to evaluate the Hornets. Like, those are guys that are very much so a part of the rotation. You're talking about two of the better defenders on this team. It's it's Cody Martin. It's Jalen McDaniels. It's P.J. Washington. Miles Bridges, when he's not falling asleep off ball, like – that that helps or I mean that that hurts you it helps when they're in the roster it, it hurts you right now what do you make of this injury problem that the Hornets are experiencing uh yeah I mean it's it's honestly it's devastating because uh the Hornets coming <laughs> into this season really really couldn't bear to miss multiple players and they've already had to live through this once when they went through the COVID spell and and were missing LaMelo Ball and and uh, Terry Rozier and Mason Plumley. and we saw them I called it valiant effort season because they were putting up uh, really tough results, get, you know, piling up some losses, getting a few wins to survive. Uh, but I don't, you know, I, I don't think it's fair to expect this team to sustain uh, this, this level of injury for this long. Well, and that's why when you make that trade for Montrez, you do just go all in on offense, which isn't going to help, which is not only going to help you as the season ends, but it's going to help you right now when you're not going to be able to get this wing defender because I think the most valuable archetype player are the six, eight athletic wings. Nobody wants to trade that for pennies on the dollar. Nobody wants to trade that for Ish Smith and Vernon Carey. They want to trade it for a reclamation project. That's talented because a lot of those guys get traded as reclamation projects because they are so valuable. And here you have Jalen McDaniels who fits that kind of mold as a three and D six, 10 dude. And here's Cody Martin who on ball is hell to deal with um, and is, 
come along so well offensively. I mean, we're not even talking about McDaniel shooting and Cody Martin shooting, which is crazy that we're talking about that. Like, Doug, even offensively, those guys are helping you and you're missing them. Yeah, I mean, they they stand as uh, sort of examples of the kind of player development that we've seen in the Borrego era of the Charlotte Hornets. I mean, say what you will about uh, his in-game decisions, his uh, y- you know his his minutes. I know people have a lot of problems with that, but this team has been able to uh, get players in their system and develop them and and improve them as as yeah. they've gone along. But but they need defense because the Hornets are not winning shootouts this season. Uh, they are three and seventeen when their opponent scores 120 points or more. They are 16 and two when their opponent scores 110 or less. So the games they've won this season of the 29, a majority of them. Uh, they've they've played stellar defense, um, so that's that's where the struggle is, and and the problem is they play Minnesota tonight. Uh, Minnesota on a bit of a home hot streak, and they're playing pretty excellent offense. Um, so this is going to be yeah. another big challenge for them. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Hornets' schedule; it's it's not easy, and I think that's probably something I overlooked as well as a lot of other people when you discuss the spectrum center having so many games there, the Hornets were playing well at home. You're like, all right, this is where it gets easier because you are playing so many home games and it should, but now they're losing a lot of home games. The problem is it's against good teams. That's something Mitch addressed as well. It's like, it's great. You know, we're going to be in Charlotte a lot. Problem is, you know, our opponent is pretty tough. You have Minnesota on the road, but then you have Miami, Toronto and Detroit at home. Certainly should beat Detroit, but Miami and Toronto, you've had your problems with both of them. Miami is the number one seed, and Toronto, they're climbing up the standings, and you've lost both times that you've played the Raptors. Then you have Milwaukee on the road, Cleveland on the road. Coming back home, you've got a new revamped Brooklyn, a Boston team that has made a couple of deals at the deadline. Like that, that's what's tough here. And I, you know, Minnesota tonight, I is this a big dub cap type of win if they get it, Doug? I it depends I mean, I on it I depends on that. how they get it. I mean, if okay. if they can stifle a a Minnesota offense um, led by Cat and Anthony Edwards that has been just absolutely electric lately, um, then then I think it is big dub territory. But if they if they can't, if they I mean if they you know if they try to get in a shootout with with the Timberwolves, then then I think it's. It's not big dub territory. They have beaten Minnesota once this season, 133 to 115 back in uh, November. Ubre hot shooting. Would love to see that return. <laughs> oh my God. He had 27 <laughs> in the game uh, and, yeah. and a ton of three pointers. Um, so, you know, that to me would not, like, I don't want to see 115. I want to see the men. If it's big dub territory, it's Minnesota under 110. Yeah. And I, by the I, way, I mean, the Vegas doesn't like the Hornets in this one. I believe the line. You want to play guess the line? Bet on with our oh, friends at Bet Online. You want to do a little guess I, the line? I, I crave guess the line. Yes, this is a great radio game. This is right up my I alley. I kind of spoiled part of it that the Hornets are the, the, the dogs. The, so okay, well, if Minnesota's favored, then I would say Minnesota is favored at home, thirty and twenty-seven. Give me a three-point line in favor of Minnesota. Sorry, that's incorrect. Mm. Uh, six points they're giving the Charlotte Hornets the line at plus six wow. over under set at two forty five. That's a big spread, right? A, yeah, I they, mean, they expect this one to be a shootout that yeah. Minnesota wins by multiple possessions. You know, I guess they're riding the hot streak of one Minnesota and taking a look at the Charlotte schedule recently and be like, ooh, yeah, they're not playing Detroit, so this is going to be a big fat L. You know, I, that's you know what happened. I want to see in this game? You know what I want to see in this game? J T Thor. Okay. If Thor, if Thor sits in this game, 
watch out tomorrow, buddy. I don't care. Is, <laughs> is Wes coming on tomorrow? I'm ready. Uh, should be. You know, we have well, we haven't, watch we out. Haven't Wes, no. The straight yeah. fire might be coming out of my mouth if JT Thor doesn't play some some. And I'm not talking about I'm not talking about five minutes. I'm talking about garbage minutes if they're down or if it's a blowout. I, I want to see JT Thor serious minutes. Let this kid. He's gotten your attention. Let's see what this kid can do. Come on. What? Well, we we've seen in the comments on YouTube where people are like, "Yeah, James Brego has said this before how he has to find minutes for guys." And you know what? They're absolutely right. He's like, I got I to find some. I don't know where they are. They might be over here. They might be. Over, I got to find them. I'll, don't worry. I'll find them. Yeah, right. Jalen McDaniels is really the only guy that he's followed through with that, where he's like Jalen's at the beginning of the season. Jalen's really challenging for minutes. And even then, it took a little while. But eventually, McDaniels was a mainstay, a part of the rotation. After that, you know, hey, I got to find minutes for book night. Now he's got to find minutes for JT Thor. It's a good problem to have, I guess, but Borrego, just because he said it, it doesn't mean it's going to happen. It's like, it's like me with folding laundry. It's like, yeah, oh, I got, oh yeah, I'll get it to oh, is it, is it in there. Okay. I'll get to it in just one second. I imagine a lot of people can relate to that. It was a lot. It was a really balanced scoring attack, by the way, against Minnesota last time, all the starters scored in double figures. Jalen McDaniel scored 14 off the bench. You mentioned Kelly Oubre going hot, scoring 27 and leading the team. And the starter, by the way, in that one was PJ Washington. He actually had 17 points go six of 12 from the field and hits five three-pointers. So everybody ate against Minnesota. They really rebounded well, 44 evenly distributed with a lot of the guys that got some run. Can you get a well-balanced game from these players tonight, despite being down three players that got significant run in that game? Uh, so the good we'll news is uh, the good news is that Minnesota allows a ton of offensive rebounds and the Hornets are generally good, a good offensive team. So yeah, maybe Harrell eats in this game. Maybe get a few more uh, minutes for them. Uh, defensively, they're pretty good, uh, but they they allow a lot of offensive rebounds and they allow a lot of free throws. So Hornets, if they hit their free throws, get those offensive rebounds, manufacture some offense, and get physical up front, ball pressure, all the things that we know the Hornets are capable of. And hey, here's, here's a wild idea, Walker. Hey. Mm-hmm. Do it in the first quarter. Wild idea. (laughs) Come on, Borrego. Play JT Thor. And you know what? Do it in the first quarter. I think I saw some minutes over there. I'll go check in a minute. uh, (laughs) Some minutes. uh, I don't know. They're they're somewhere. I don't know where they went. Let me look for them. Thanks for making I don't know why my my Borrego impression is like a... A little yeah. bit of like a, a gangster. I don't know why. <laughs> well, Cupcheck teetered on that line, but you just went full on with James Borrego. <laughs> and what's worse is you were talking about PJ Washington when you were talking. It should have been PJ when you were talking about Mitch Cupcheck. Better luck next time on the impressions, Doug. We live to fight another day. We have Wes Bryan on tomorrow. We can work on it. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every single day. Wes should be joining us for Wes Wednesdays tomorrow. Straight fire. Is it fire? Or is it fizzle? Now make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. I'm limping to the finish line. Join us tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day. Mm-hmm.